welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Vayetze. In Spanish we say Vayase. Uh, it sounds like Vayase and, and Vayase means like go away. And basically this is what happens. Uh, Jacob uh, gets the blessing from his father Isaac and Rivka knows that the brother is very upset, Asaph, and he's going to kill the brother. So she tells him to go away, to go from the land of Israel to the land of Haran, where her brother lives, Laban, and to go and look for a wife in this place. She says this to Isaac, that she's sending him to find a wife because she wants someone from the family. She doesn't want him to end up married like Esav with all these uh, idol worship girls. And, um, and this is what happens. So from the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, we learn that we all live in different environments. And throughout our lives, we change environments. We're never stuck in one place. Like it's very strange that one person lives in the same house, in the same neighborhood since he was born till the day he dies. It can happen, but normally people move to another city, to another uh, neighborhood, to a different home, to a different uh, building. And we see that there's these environments that affect our lives and some in smaller scale and some environments affect our lives in a grander scale. So on, on the other hand, for example, there's bigger environments like our communities, our country, our world at large, like for example, right now, the environment of the world has changed drastically since the pandemic. We're all adjusting to new realities and this is global. This is not only a person in the, in a certain neighborhood. This is everybody's being affected in a, in a one way or another. So Parasha Vayetze focuses on the transition of one environment to another environment. And, and the Rebbe teaches that, cha that changes this brings about in a person's conduct. So a lot of our, of our changes in our lives change our conduct. And there's three things that are major in a person's life that really uh, flip their lives around. And one is to move from one place to another, from one country or one city to another city. Another one is a death of a loved one. And another one is a divorce. These three things are really major changes in our environment. And here we see that Jacob changed drastically because he was coming from the holiness of the land of Israel from a very spiritual place and he was descending he was not going higher like some people move but they're moving to a better place he was descending he was going to an alien environment which was lower in spiritual uh, uh, spiritual endeavors which was the land of Haran and the Hebrew word for Haran is associated with anger and thus our sages interpret this name as referring to arousal of God's anger. So let's see what this means. So there are three dimensions to Jacob's stay in Haran. Number one, he was confronted by a personal challenge in the company of his 
future father-in-law who was uh, a trickster and um, and this in this in this way he had to struggle against the way things were done in this environment so for example he fell in love with Rahel his his daughter this Laban guy had this beautiful daughter Rahel and it was love at first sight he saw her and he melted and he had to work seven years to be able to marry her and what happened when he married when he was in the chuppah marrying her lo and behold it was not Rahel it was Leah the next day he woke up and it was not Rahel it was Leah and so he went and he confronted him he says I'm sorry in this place we marry our first daughters first and then you can marry Rahel but he had to work seven more years to marry Rahel so he had to adjust to this trickstery to this environment secondly he built his family during these years during his stay in Haran, he ended up marrying the Rahel and Leah, Leah and Rahel, and then he ended up marrying the two handsmaids, uh, Bilha and Sipa, which were also sisters of them, sisters of another mother, but uh, nevertheless sisters, and he married them, and in, in that pursuit, he, he built the, the Jewish people. Through these four women, the 12 tribes of Israel emerged, and we all come from this, the descendants of Yaakov. So we see that despite the influences that prevailed in the community at large, Yaakov infused his family with the spiritual heritage received from Abraham. And this is beautiful, because sometimes we change environments, we go to a different place, and the spiritual level of the place is lower. So you go with what's going on in the place, you, you lose what you were. But uh, Yaakov, he never lost his Kedusha, he never lost his holiness. Uh, on the contrary, he elevated the place, he made the place even holier. So to keep the way of God and to implement righteousness and judgment. And this is what Yaakov struggled through his years living next to Laban, was to maintain himself true and, and, uh, and an Eved Hashem, a servant of God. He never, never budged. And in doing so, he established the Jewish modus vivendi for all time. So yeah, a Jew can live in Sri Lanka, there's no kosher food, and you know what? If he's true to himself, he'll eat vegetables, he'll eat fish, he'll find a way, he'll raise his own cows, he'll learn how to do shahita, he'll do whatever it needs to be done, but he will never go lower from where he is. So the third thing that Yaakov did in this new environment is that he elevated the environment of Haran. So by him staying true to himself, by being real, by being uh, a met, because this is what Yaakov represented was truth, uh, he not only uh, lifted himself up, but he lifted everybody around him up, and he lifted up godly sparks that were enclosed in the land's material substance. And this was reflected by his acquisition of Laban's sheep and the great wealth which he accumulated. So he became very, very rich. And what he did is that all the material blessings that Hashem gave him through the blessing of his father, he not only enjoyed them, but he made them holy. He used them for the service of Hashem. So each of these endeavors requires unique spiritual powers. And by overcoming the personal challenges posed by his surroundings, we learn from Yaakov that the, he, had, he had 
the the the, the spark he had the the strength to be able to show his infinite power the infinite power of his of his godly soul so what it is is that this is a world of materialism this is a world this world that hashem created because it's a creation of god this is the world of asia which is the world of action it's a world in which hashem has diminished himself he contracted himself in such a way that a person can even come to doubt if god exists a person can say i don't believe in god this is the reality of this world because he cannot experience god but the way that we experience god in this world is through the material world when we take the ink and the paper and we lie, and we write books of, 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 of about Hashem or when you take a fruit like the trog and you use it in the in, in Sukkot and you make blessings on it or when you take um, a little parchment and you write down a mesusa and you're kissing it every time you come out of your house all all the material world is is done Hashem created it so we can elevate it and so we can use it for him so we see that when Yaakov used this power this spiritual power that he had what he did was that he was revealing God in the world and even in a hostile environment cannot prevent this expression you know the the the, the darker the place and the more real a Jew is the more true to himself he is the more expression of God there is gonna be in that place I once heard something beautiful that uh, Rebbe Singarelic from Milano said many many years ago and she said like in the night you see the stars right you see the stars and the darker the place that you're in like for example you're in an island where there's no lights around or you're in the jungle or you're in the middle of the ocean and there's no city lights around you the brighter they're gonna shine and when you go to a city like New York where it's all light at night it's hard to see the, the stars you're gonna see them but they're not so bright it doesn't mean they don't exist they're the same stars and during the day when there's the sun is out even less you're not gonna see a star but it doesn't mean they're not bright and shining so she said that that's the power of a Jew the darker it is the brighter the Jew shines and so this is exact an exact explanation of Yaakov's descent to Haran it was such a dark environment so so raw and so materialistic and there was no godliness there that he shined his light through and Jacob's acquisition of wealth and the refinement of the environment it symbolizes and it represents a far greater extension the material possessions acquired by Jacob were not by nature holy the sheep he acquired the, 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 everything he acquired by nature is not holy because Hashem creates the material world comes from a place called Klipa Noga and Klipa Noga as the word says a Klipa, Klipa is a husk and so what it means is that all, all materialism of the world that is permissible for a Jew because there's some that is not permissible this is another area but everything that's permissible for a Jew is is like it's like uh, an onion it's it has a sh uh, it has layers or, or a walnut that it has this very hard um, cover so the material world is covered it has this husk it has this 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 uh, layer 
that covers the spiritual aspect of it. So when you use the material world for elevating this world, to use it for Hashem, for what Hashem needs you to do with it, then you're re removing the husk and the godly sparks of this material object are going to be elevated and this is the this is the job of a jew i say that we're like transformers we, we we're transformers we take one thing that is nothing and then we make it something great and that's and that's what this material world is and that's what happened to yaakov he came to this place there he got rich with all these riches which were not holy they were not intended for holiness nevertheless he always used all his um all his wealth to to service to service Hashem. Everything was done for God. And so Yaakov was thus working to fulfill the purpose of creation, showing how even the lowest dimensions of existence can be transformed into a dwelling house for Hashem. And so since Yaakov and his family shared an inherent connection to holiness, the fact that they were able to, to maintain this connection despite the challenges of this foreign environment that was so, um, so like dark, it was really, it was a locked environment, although, worth, although worthy attainment, cannot be considered and accomplished of, on their own. The refinement Yaakov brought about in Haran, by contrast, was his own achievement, one which changed the nature of the environment. So yeah, when a Jew comes to a place, I remember in Colombia when Rabbi Yoshua Rosenfeld arrived in Bogota, there was no nothing for him. There was no halal Israel milk. He drinks this special milk that has to be milked by a Jew. It has to be checked by a Jew. Um, he, 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 the meat was not for him. He could not eat this meat. He could not, they, there was nothing for them. Like it was terrible. But he came to this place, this raw place, and he made a, a haven out of it. Now you can find cheese, and you can find milk, and you can find yogurt, and you can find bread, and you can find anything you want. And so this is the job of a Jew, is to come to a place and not ask, what does this place have to give me? The, the, that's not the question. What am I going to get from the place? The question is, what am I? What is this place lacking that I can give this place? And if everybody would think this way, if everybody, when they get to a place, to a foreign place, a foreign environment, and instead of thinking about themselves and thinking about what they're expecting of the place, they should be thinking, okay, what do I have in me that can make this place a better place? And that's our job. And so we see that, um, that these efforts distinguish the divine service of Yaakov from his forefathers. Abraham and Isaac represented the attributes of hesed and kindness. Abraham was all kindness, all love, and Isaac was restrained, was gevura. And so we see that these two aspects Love and, 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 and awe of Hashem are very important in our service. We need to have love to be able to fulfill the mitzvot. And we need to have fear to abstain from what we, don't, we shouldn't be doing. And these are monumental. But in a certain way, when you, you give them so, so um, freely, like Abraham, he would be kind to everybody no matter what, or you're so restrained no matter what, then sometimes it can get obscured. But Yaakov was actually the perfect, the perfect mixture 
of Hesed and Gevura, which is Tiferet, which is love, harmony, balance, uh, truth. And this is what Yaakov represented, and that's why he was able to do this in this place. And, he, and, and we see that, um, that, the, that Yaakov identified with this quality of truth, for truth has a dimension that transcends mortal limits, being above all possibility of change or interruption. So with truth, one can reach out and change environments, for nothing can oppose truth. We see with Abraham, for example, that his kindness was legendary, but it never changed the, envi the environment. People were touched by him, they were inspired by him, people learned about the one God, but eventually he didn't change people. And Isaac, he was more introvert, more inside, and he was more into dwelling, digging deep into your wells. And so if a person has no will to change, he has no desire to change, he's not gonna do the job. So the same thing, he had not such a big effect on his environment. But Jacob, because he had this special mixture, he was able to transform his environment. And he produced the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 children who were perfectly, a perfect tzaddikim that brought the whole Jewish people into existence. So Yaakov's journey to Haran serves as an analogy for the descent of our soul into our bodies. Every time that we read in the Torah that they're going from a higher place to a lower place, for example, in the case of Yaakov that he's going from the land of Israel to Haran, is an allusion, it's an allegory of the soul that is coming down to this world is in a descent from the holy environment right next to Hashem where he used to dwell and he was basking in the rays of glory and he's descending into this very dark place called this world, planet earth, the world of Asiya in Kabbalistic terms and he's descending into this darkness but th there's a purpose, there's a mission and so every soul comes here, and, um, and the whole purpose of, of a soul uh, coming down and being part of a body and a, and a, humane, a human experience really is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is to come and change the environment. That's why they say the Jewish people, are, they have to come to do tikkun olam. We come to repair whatever is, is not right. We don't come here to, to ruin the place. We come to make it better. So as a person mature, he establishes a family, creating an environment in which he values and expresses, uh, are expressed, his values are expressed. And similarly, through contact with the world at large, he refines and elevates the godly life or invested in creation. And this pattern is also reflected in the exiles of the Jewish people when they came out of the land of Israel, of Jerusalem, when the temples were destroyed and were scattered all around the world, waiting for Messiah to come. And at the end of the day, that's the whole purpose of exile. There's a purpose in exile. It's very dark, it's very sad, it's very troublesome. But at the end of the day, it has a purpose. And the purpose is that the Jew should shine his light wherever he is. The darker the place, the more light you have to shine the more transformation you can affect, and, and that's our job until Mashiach comes. And, and as I heard one rabbi say once, Rabbi Schwartz, he said, the day Mashiach comes, we're all gonna be sad. We're gonna be happy he's here, but at the end of the day, the opportunities 
that we have in this world to, to bring godliness, to make change, to correct, to do good, are going to be gone. Because once Mashiach comes, we're not going to have sick people. We're not going to have uh, 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 poor people. We're not going to have uh, all this darkness. The darkness is going to be lifted up. So you're not going to, it's going to be a different life experience, but you're not going to come to, you're not going to have opportunities to, to, to transform and to bring light and to reveal godliness because godliness will be revealed everywhere. It's going to be done. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Thank you.